Hi, I'm Damon Frank, and you're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Every week, we bring you a Recovered Life discussion all about how to get unstuck in areas of your sobriety that are keeping you from living your best recovered life. Remember, addiction is a life-threatening condition, and the information in this discussion is provided as a resource only and is not to be used or relied upon for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. This is not a substitute when professional diagnosis or treatment is needed. Now, let's jump into the discussion. So I'd like to welcome everybody to Unstuck. My name is Damon Frank. I am a recovery coach. I'm going to be your guide and host here for the next hour. I'm joined by the lovely and talented Anne, Access to Experts, who joins me every week with her insights and perspective on the topic. Let me give you a little bit of breakdown about what the Unstuck Room is all about. It's part of the Recovered Life discussion, and it's part of the Recovered Life community of content that we have. Um, Unstuck is really about an area in your recovery that you might feel stuck in. And look, we all feel stuck. I know I felt stuck and felt stuck. Uh, if you've got one day, one week, uh, one year, you know, 30, 40 years, you, you're going to feel stuck at one point in your life, in your recovery. And what we do here is we focus on one topic and we dial it down. We peel back that onion to try to get the core of what's going on so we can get closer to that breakthrough. I'm pretty convinced after almost three decades of sobriety uh, and working with others that, you know, you really have to have breakthroughs in your recovery if you want to stay sober long term. It's imperative that that happens for you. So we hope that this adds a little bit of uh, inspiration, motivation, and maybe you'll even have a breakthrough here in this room. Um, I always like to start with, um, you know, thoughts about the topic. Today, we're going to be talking about problems with organization. Look, I think uh, we talk about the addicted mind. We talk about a lot in Recovered Life about how we can have physical sobriety, but we might not have emotional sobriety. We also talk a lot about alcoholics being different than our fellows in the way that we think. We're not broken, but we do process things differently, right? And our goal in recovery, obviously, is not to drink, not to use drugs, not to act out in codependent relationships, not to overeat, not to, not to, to, to uh, if you're a gambling addict, do that, or sex addict. It's not really the actual thing after you uh, get abstinent from that. It's really then an emotional and mental game, right? We know this because... People's lives get worse sometimes when they get off of the substance. And that's what really defines alcoholism. You know, I know my life got worse when I got sober in a lot of ways. Yes, I wasn't killing myself day to day. I, I you know, I didn't wake up saying, oh, I'm alive, you know, uh, like I did when I was out drinking. But other things got worse. It was harder to process certain things. Emotions were hard, Right. So every time we talk in the unstuck room, we always kind of deal with the emotions and feelings behind things and then reality. And then what we like to try to do by the end of it is to have some sort of resolution that we've been able to at least have some sort of self-awareness and maybe have an action plan to be able to move forward. I want to turn it over to Anne real quick. 
And when you saw this title, Problem with Organization, give me your thoughts on this. You have long-term recovery, and I'm sure you have been through, like all of us, the, 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 the Rolodex of different solutions, right, to try to get organized. Did you have a hard time getting organized when you first got sober? And what about now? Well, the short answer is yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, like you said, we all have challenges getting organized every now and then. You know, organization comes from inside. <laughs> What's going on in the brain? If it's scrambled, everything around us is scrambled. As a matter of fact, you when you first brought up you know, people think it's the desk, it's the kitchen, it's this. Well, it is that. The, our environment is a reflection of what's going on in the head. And, and I'm so glad you brought it up. It's like, you know, there is a reason why people choose to go into recovery. We, know, we need to stop doing what we're doing to get our lives back in control. And it's, it's almost like an never ending evolving opportunities i you know doors that open for us to get more clarity more organized so it's just, it's just constantly happening different levels so i don't know i've always seen a process of getting organized and getting disorganized and getting organized and the good news is that it just it just gets better so we just uh it doesn't take time to figure out what's going on because once you learn how you figure things out it gets so much easier it's kind of rinse and repeat and uh, i have figured out ways that really work for me and they work for me quickly and I think that's the key. We each have to find our way. You know, there's a general way of figuring out what we're thinking, how to manage, what to do, what actions to take. All of that can be really overwhelming. But once we figure it out, it just kind of falls into place. So I'm pretty pretty stoked about this uh, this topic here, Damon. Back over to you. You know, thank you for your perspective, Anne. You know, I think one of the things I want to share up front is, you know, you have long-term sobriety. I have long-term sobriety that sometimes we still battle things that we battled when we first came in. Sometimes we still battle things that we were born with, right? You might've had a hard time with organization when you were in elementary school and you have a hard time now with it, right? So I, I think one of the things I love about this space that we're creating here together is an ability to be able to enter into the space and be honest with ourselves and and reach some sort of level of acceptance that we might struggle with certain issues i want to take this in a little different direction here there's the physical organizational side that we discussed there's some of that mental game that Anne discussed that was so valuable in her share and where i want to focus this kind of today is finding your center right there's kind of a lack of modernity kind of sometimes in recovery where we feel that we need to get organized. But really what's going on, I find, is that we're trying to find our center. We're trying to find our center where everything is going to be okay and things are going to be able to move around that center. And I think sometimes one of the biggest things that we have in recovery some of the toughest things is our inability to be able to find that center at first. And my hope for you uh, and anyone that's in recovery, and my hope for me 
is that through the time that we are in recovery, we are starting to find that center. And what I found is, is that lack of organization, okay, became easier to manage when I found the spiritual center of what was going on with me. And finding that spiritual center is the key to be able to play the emotional game of getting organized, right? So I want to talk about signs and symptoms. And obviously, you know, look, I know ADHD is going to come into this. We're going to have an ADHD special. Christina Dennis and myself, my partner, are going to be talking with experts for a week. We call it our own shark week in recovered life because we're going to focus a whole week on talking with people that are experts and talking with people that suffer from ADHD in recovery. So a lot of people say, well, I just, I can't keep focus, right? That's a symptom. And obviously I'm not a doctor and not a doctor. Recovered life's not about diagnosing anyone, but if you feel that you might uh, resonate with some of the stuff that we're talking about, you know, I would say explore it, um, you know, with a, with a, a credible professional. So what I'm talking about here is the inability to be able to do anything repetitively, meaning you're really great at a week at doing your laundry, but the next week you've kind of lost all the momentum. Are you an over-organizer? Do you write everything down but are unable to actually take action on anything? Right? Do you Are you often in your head and feel that you're kind of, your thoughts are spinning out of control. You have anxiety that you're not getting things done. You have anxiety because there's a lot of things around you and you can't get clear. Can you not find your center, right? So that's what we're talking about today. I'd love to invite some people into the sharing space here to share their issues with problems with organizations, the organization, their issue with being able to find your center and this whole idea of finding your center what's your what's your thought on that well damon i think that's what it's all about you know and um it's it's uh, our center is always evolving i love the way you brought up the example of you know you say okay laundry this week next week can't do it you know and then we feel bad but when we accept that it's it's, it's a pendulum it swings from one end to the other and then it ends up in the middle. But life happens that way. And you know what? I, I want to take this to like a, a deeper level just because, you know, I'm launching something super huge. And whenever we do that, we, I have to get to my center. I have to get to the, the things that trigger me you know, with the knee jerk reactions. And, you know, uh, that's what has been the process throughout my recovery. Some things we automatically do because we learn some things even from childhood, from cleaning your room a certain way, right? Reacting to people a certain way, whether it's in school or in our relationships, there are some things that we do automatically, right? And so I will tell you, interestingly enough, um, I, I moved from Armenia to the U.S. when I was 13, and there were some habits that I had to change, the ways I, I reacted to things, the way I thought culturally, the way I thought of myself, all of those things had to change. And, you know, the deep work I do with people, we all have those cultural or family uh, 
rules, if you will, that we have to abide by. And they pop up throughout our lives as we make decisions, the knee-jerk reactions, until we go and actually really look at them and understand, our center keeps evolving. That's what I find anyways. But the, the cool part here is I, I think uh, uh, finding the center for me has become a lot easier because I get excited when I'm off center sometimes, right? And it may sound a little strange, but the thing about it is that whenever I'm a little bit off center, that means I'm evolving. That means I'm looking at something from a different perspective. It's like, you know, when you first, if, you, if you've ever stood by a still lake, right? And you look in, it looks beautiful. The water is clear. As soon as you put your foot in, and there's that murky water. The bottom starts mixing with the, the sand or whatever it is. It starts mixing with the water. It gets a little murky. As soon as you step back, it all settles down again. So I always look at it as I'm taking a step forward. So it doesn't trip me. I'm like, oh, I'm a little off balance. Okay. What's going on? What do I need to look at? Let's get centered again. So I you know, took a little bit of a journey here, but that's, I just, I did want to point that out because just because we're not doing everything as expected as we wish, doesn't mean that there's something really wrong. It just means like we're evolving or there's something we need to look at. So I'm, I get excited when I'm off center. It just might be me, but that's, it makes me feel empowered when I do it that way. And uh, so he doesn't trip me. So anyways, back over to you. Oh, I love that perspective. And, you know, I think one of the things I wanted to address was process, right? So I think one of the things that I became addicted to in recovery was trying to find the ultimate process. Is there an app for that? I used to say, right? Trying to be able to find so that everything could be able to be organized so that I could be able to think clearly. Right. And what I found through the journey is exactly what you said is that I now am not necessarily fighting when I feel untethered. What I do is I try to go and connect with that Wi Fi. It means that I'm off the spiritual Wi Fi, right? That I need to reconnect. You know, we talk a lot about different dimensions of reality in metaphysics, is that two realities can be going on at the same time. I could be having the worst day ever, and Anne could be having the best day ever. What's the difference? A lot of it is just perspective, right? So how do we change that perspective to be able to get organized? What do we need to do to be able to take those actions? And I want to jump into that a little bit and also invite people up if you feel that you want to share about organization. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, this is the Recovered Life Discussion Room, Unstuck. Uh, this is also used on the podcast, and we hear from a lot of people that sharing uh, what's going on with you has really helped people in their recovery. So I would like to thank the community in advance for being so gracious and being able to do that, be able to share their thoughts. Um, and I, you know what? I think we should talk about a little bit about process. I think we should talk about process. And how did you in an area of your life where you felt a little bit untethered, where you felt it was a little disorganized. Maybe it was work. Maybe it was, uh, maybe it was something else. Maybe it was your personal space, right? Maybe it was finances. How did you take command of your situation, the talents that you had 
in recovery and be able to jump in and start organizing it a little bit more effectively. How, how did you do that, Ann? Well, Damon, um, we have, I know that I have, I've had challenges in money, health, relationships, spirituality, in all those areas, right? And uh, the process is always the same. It's the same thing I say in this room over and over again. Um, awareness is like, okay, there is a problem. And is it a problem or is it not? You know, sometimes we just, we, we go into denial. You know, the challenge, well, it's not that bad. I'll just leave it alone for right now. Or maybe there's something else we're focusing on, or I just don't feel up to dealing with it right now. Whatever it is, that's the awareness. And then the acceptance part of it, and like, okay, this is a problem. This needs to be looked at. This needs to be handled. Once I go into acceptance and I'm like, I get centered and I will usually, you know, I, I go inward, I go spiritual, you know, and, uh, and then I will reach out to people who have the knowledge to support me with that. Now, this is really important. Going to people who don't have what you need is not going to bring results. It will bring results. It may bring frustration. It may bring anger. It may bring resentment. Like, I'm always there for you. I can come to you. You can't help me. But people can't help with what they don't have. So making sure if it's a relationship challenge, I go to somebody who knows about it. If it's a business challenge, I go to somebody who knows about it. One person cannot give me everything I need. And so going to the right place for the right reason, you know, is, is the key. And then deciding, okay, what am I going to do? What are the actions? This is the end result. This is where I want to be. And I'm here today. What do I need to do? What are some of the steps I need to take? And incremental, by the way, right? Incremental, because it's measurable. And uh, if, if I, if I want to go on a road trip, if it's going to take three days to get there, obviously I have to stop along the way. You know, whether it's gas, whether it's to use the restroom, whatever it is, or combination of food, whatever, I have to stop along the way. I already know that. So I don't get upset because I'm not at that destination. I don't get upset because I have to stop to eat or to get gas or to, to use the restroom. I don't get upset because I know it's it has to happen along the way. And I think a lot of times, at least the you know, people I work with when we really dig in there, they don't give themselves a break. It's like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing that right now. Well, no, you're not, because if you had the knowledge, if you had the resources, you would already be doing that. So let's see what we need to do between here and there. And I find that it's the same thing in every aspect of my life. If I'm not where I want to be, then what do I need to do to get there? And being gentle, being supportive, and, and oh, taking action. It's not just sitting there and saying, oh, well, I'm trying. No, taking action, whatever incremental actions we have to take, taking the action, going in the right direction, then we're always empowered. Then we always feel like we're doing something. And the other thing that helps me, my process, it's, it's never ending. Once I get to that destination, I'm like, ooh, that, this is really good. I wonder where I want to go next. So it's ever evolving. I'm just, you know, it's, it's the mindset, like you said. It's the mindset. It's always the perspective. 
do I see this as a problem or do I see it as an opportunity? And so that's my process, you know, awareness, acceptance, action, and going to the right place for the right thing. You know, that's, that's it. It's, you know, for me, I simplify it that way, but I always take action. That's kind of where it is. Love that. I love that you pull it down to that. You're going to take some sort of action on it. Right. I, I, I love that because it, it gives something that we actually can do at the end of it. You know, we always talk about lack of power was our dilemma, which is right out of the 12 step uh, literature. Um, and I think it's true. I think sometimes not being able to take action or the inability to know what to do or the inability to make yourself accountable is very, very tough, right? It, the tough part of it is the acceptance of that. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, Anne. That's so brilliant. Um, somebody in the chat said that accountability is super hard for them and uh, organization daily activities are difficult and they had to hire an accountant and uh, accountability person. Um, I love that. I, I love that because that's taking the right action. And I'd love to talk about accountability. You know, I, I know as a sober coach, most of what I do after we set up about spiritually what's going on with people is accountability. Uh, most people know what they need to do, but most people can't do it. And this is very, very frustrating. Very frustrating. If you're one of those people who can see what needs to happen, but you're unable to do it. Now, getting back to this lack of power was our dilemma situation. Um, why I think this is so great when you realize this, like this person that wrote in the chat, they, they had the self-realization that, hey, you know what? This isn't something that hovers around their core skills. They outsource that. And I think that that's brilliant. And that's something that I have really embraced, I think, over the last 10 years of my recovery is realizing where my world-class skills lie and where they don't. And there's some things that really just aren't in my target zone right? And I'm somebody who loves routine, but I'm somebody who hates to do the same thing over and over again. So if I have a job where I have to come in and sit down and do the same thing over and over again, I, I just, I, I am great for a week. And then after that, I don't want to do that. So I've identified that that's not really where my skills lie. So I've been able to outsource certain things in my life with people that I know that can do things like that repetitively. They're big, repetitive task people. That's not where my zone of genius lies. And part of organization for me, the struggle has been, is to get into acceptance about that lack of power and to understand that I might not be able to master some of these things in my recovery and that maybe I shouldn't have to, right? And letting go of the control of that has been the biggest, biggest fight for me personally, but it also has been the most rewarding. So I challenge you to look at that, you know, just like the person that wrote in the chat that they just realized that, hey, you know what? I just have to outsource this and have somebody be accountable for this and have somebody help me be accountable. I think that's really the way to go. Um, and 
any areas in your life where you feel that, um, that, that you've had to maybe be honest with yourself to say, Hey, you know what? This isn't my thing. Maybe it's cleaning. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's bills like the person wrote. Have you had a, an area in your life where you've had to decide, Hey, you know what? I'm going to need some accountability or I'm going to need somebody. I need to turn this over to somebody that that is their zone of genius. Um, yes, in every area of my life, again, you know, it's it doesn't make a difference what it is that we're doing. As human beings, we're, I, I think, designed to be collaborating, to be doing things with other people. And uh, and it shows up regardless of what, what it is. It's, I, you know... You said lack of power, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, yeah. It, in in a book, definitely we hear about lack of power, but what if it's awareness of the genius zone, like you were saying, the things that I do really, really well, you know, I'll do it. And I will tell you, as a creative person, I do need accountability, and it's it's uh, it's really deciding what's important now to give you an example like this room right it's never been a really big room but i love being here um i love showing up because of what i'm getting what i'm receiving the the accountability we have to each other and the people that come in this room what i'm getting is huge and i've been in like some really big rooms on clubhouse but i'm not even getting the same satisfaction right and so really deciding what is what's important to us and then figuring out okay that's the thing i'm committing to doing over and over again and do i need help doing that over and over again so like you said you know hiring some people and you know the example that you gave you know so we're supposed to hire other people this way other people have jobs they have work to do and within our network you know having accountability buddy and uh, it 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 keeps us going you know it keeps us in check it keeps us on track getting other people's opinion on things and and also there is a, a, a i found this to be true when i first heard it it was like Sometimes we will do more for others than we will do for ourselves. And I was like, damn, that is so true. Because, you know, in the beginning, it was to save face. In the beginning, it was like, well, I can't have them think poorly of me because, you know, I had to put on my chameleon hat and show up as the person I wanted them to see. But as the years went on, as I started feeling better about myself, as I started showing up, you know, in different ways in my life, it was, no, I, I need to show up because I want to show up. It's not because I want people to like me. I always want people to like me, but it's about me showing up and doing what I say I'm going to do. So I'm kind of going around in circles here, but yes, accountability always needed collaboration always needed especially as a creative person i can go down a rabbit hole really quick if i don't have systems around me and people around me that i'm collaborating with who can keep me in line and so that happens at work and that happens also in my personal life when i say i'm going to do something with somebody and i think about it ahead of time 
you know, how am I going to make it happen? It's not just say, oh, that sounds wonderful. Let's go do it. I'm like, can I really show up? Can I really show up? It's not just uh, uh, breaking my promise to somebody else. It's also breaking that promise to myself that bothers me. So, um, yeah, anyways, again, today I'm going to, down a rabbit hole quite a bit. It just seems that day, but you, you got me going in this uh, inward deep thoughts here. So back over to you, Damon. I so love that though, Anne, because that's what this is about. You know, it's funny. I was having a conversation with Christina Dennis yesterday, and we were talking about some of the content that we're creating. <clears throat> we were talking about, you know, coaching, and we were talking about just different things that are going on in our lives. And one of the things that came up that was interesting, that kind of dovetails to what you're saying, Anne, is we said, you know, it seems that no matter what we deal with on the physical plane, there's always some sort of spiritual thing going on underneath that, whether it's, you know, money issues, organization issues, relationship issues, there's always some sort of deeper spiritual game going on. And one of the things when I originally saw this topic, I picked this a couple months ago and I threw, I, I put it into the schedule because I thought it was so important. And as the more and more and more I thought about this is, you know, the more I said that this is a spiritual game, this is really about not being able to find our core, our center. And if you're just joining us in the discussion, we were talking about that organizations, not just about physical organization and, and, and this dish goes here, this pencil goes here, or this bill's paid at this time. It's also an, an inability to be able to find our center. And I think so much of recovery is being able to get back to that center, being able to get back to that source, which is going to give you everything, right? And so for me, one of the things I've struggled with in the physical side is clutter, right? Like I, will, I am somebody who, when I was first in recovery, when I first got sober, I literally, and gave away everything that I had. Because the thought of being able to maintain it was too much for me. Like literally you'd go into my place, there was a bed, a couch, a chair, and that and a rug, and that was about it, right? In my in my apartment in San Francisco. I just couldn't handle having more than that. Because for me, I'd have to take care of it, the whole organization. My whole focus was on how do I obtain long-term sobriety, right? So through that, obviously, I've learned with things. I have many more things. I felt like I've spent my life collecting things. And some wise person told me uh, that I worked with in recovery. He said, you know, I've spent my whole life obtaining things. And now I'm spending the, the end of my life trying to get rid of the things that I've obtained. And he started to say, well, you know, what's the point of it? You know, and it is funny. It made me think a little bit. Do I really need this? Do I really want this? Right. And for me, physical clutter, like right now, I'm, I'm in my I'm, I'm in another room in my house. Uh, that's much cleaner. My desk Anne, is absolutely a disaster. I've got stuff on the floor because I've been redoing one of my studios and I can't work if there's clutter like I'm somebody who needs everything in its place to be able to really concentrate and be able to create freely. I can't think clearly if I don't have my space around me that is non-cluttered. Are, are you like that? Are you somebody who 
you know, needs everything in its place to be able to create? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't need everything to be in its place, but I do need to know where everything is. Now, I will, I will tell you, um, the last four or five years, I've been giving away pretty much everything, <laughs> really. And uh, interestingly enough, it all kind of came about when I was traveling um you know training i just decided I was australia singapore you what uk whatever i was all over and i realized that i don't need a whole lot to do a whole lot and then and i looked at a lot of the stuff that i have i'm like i don't wear that whether it was clothes or jewelry or whatever it is i'm like you know who could who could like this and i started giving things away and whatever i didn't know somebody who would like it i they went to uh, you know salvation army or whatever and you know what it made things so much easier so when you said you gave everything away when you first came in well i didn't have to give much away because i didn't have much left when i first came in so but then i started collecting I started collecting because it was like almost like if I got this, I would feel better. If I got that, I would feel better. It was like coming from outside. Then after a while, it was like, okay, what do I do with all this? And it was like, it was hard to let go of some of those things because I was emotionally attached to when I got it, what I was doing. And just watching over the years, the more um, empowered I am, if you will, the more centered I am, uh, the more, um, the better I get to know myself, the less I need from the outside, if that makes sense. So now I'm giving away and now your friends at the end of his life. Well, I hope I'm not at the end of my life, but I'm ready to give the stuff away. And so it's, and, and the other thing actually that makes me want to give things away is that I actually can go and buy something that I really want and really enjoy the buying process, you know? So it's, it's just, it's a gift that I give myself if it's something. So it's, it's a, for me, yeah, this is my healthy zone, right? Give away what you don't appreciate, give away what you don't want, give it to somebody who's going to use it. But then if there's something I really want, I, if it's something bigger, I plan for it. right now, I'm planning for something big plan for it. The journey of how am I going to get that, thinking about it, doing all that. It's like buying a beautiful Christmas gift for somebody that you absolutely adore. You know, the time that we take thinking about what they would like, it's so fun. Going and shopping for it, buying it and, and giving it to them, watching their eyes light up. That process is so fun. I have learned to do that for myself. It took me a while to come to a place of deservability. You know, say, you know, no, I, I deserve to do that. And so rather than say, I don't have that, I'm like, I'm getting that now I'm planning it. And so that shift actually makes it so much easier for me to give away. And then I'll coming back to your original question. Um, I, I can't function in total clutter, but I'm okay with a little bit of mess. A little bit, you know, like things don't have to be in that perfect place, but I'm okay with as long as I know where things are. And as long as I keep it to minimal, then there's not a whole lot of mess to deal with. Does that make sense? It's totally. Of, right. Get rid of the mess. You can manage it better. Totally. And you know what? You're my hero, actually. And I'm going to call you uh, for support when I'm feeling overwhelmed. Literally, clutter will shut me down, right? 
I have to have a clean workspace. And it was funny that you were mentioning that you gave stuff away as well. You know, I found over, I would say, especially over the last 10 years of my recovery, I've just celebrated 29 years. So it's like, I, I would say the third decade, really, I had a lot of spiritual breakthroughs on things. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just not as materialistic as I used to be. Right. I did just to be just to be honest about it. Right. Like, uh, you know, I used to have a thing for cars. I used to have a thing. You know, I still buy a lot of tech gear because I do a lot of media. That's my business. So I do a lot of media. Right. So there's things that I need, but I, I can end up collecting stuff. But I found that I want less things in my life. I want them to be of better quality and I want them to be more reliable. Right. And I want them also to add value to my life. And a lot of things when I'm looking at organization is if I keep tripping up over certain things like can't pay bills, can't pay bills on time or can't do right. Like these are things in early recovery that I learned. It's like, okay, I got to learn how to master that. Well, could I learn how to put them on auto payment? Could I just pay one bill? Right. Th these are different steps that I've learned how to get organized that I only had to worry about one bill that was maybe coming in the 15th or the first of the month. Right. That all of the other bills would be automatically paid and put onto one card or one account. These are like little simple things that I learned to be able to make myself more consistent. One of the things I've taken out of the business life that I've had and put into my recovery life and is this automation thing. I've been really big on automation because if I can get like the lights to turn on and off in my backyard, that's just one less thing I have to worry about. Right. Because for me, I want to be able to stay in my core genius in recovery. I don't want to have to be all over the place, right? And being able to personally organize my spaces, what small steps can I take? So, you know, and the rest of the, the room here, I know we had a, a smaller turnout today. Uh, I know a lot of people are on vacation. They're doing things. That's okay. I enjoy talking to you. I enjoy doing this. People love listening to these on the podcast. But I'd like to actually jump into solutions. How did you get organized? What are some little tips, some jewels that you could give people, Anne? And I'll do the same uh, on how you got organized. Like I was just talking about automation. Automation has been huge for me because it takes rote tasks I'm not great at. I'm much more of a bigger thinker. That's where my, my zone of genius comes in. Communication. Thinking executing high level stuff. It's really, I have a, a really hard time executing low level stuff. High level stuff's easy for me. Low, lower level stuff is, is, is tougher. How did you do it? Anne? what are some of the little tips and tricks? Because you're very, when I look at you, you're very together, right? You seem like a super organized person. Your calendars organized everything. How did you do it? Well, actually, um, I have to say a big part of it is um, because of my past corporate career where I was setting up quality assurance systems for manufacturing in developing countries. And that means that, you know, if you know anything about, you know, 
quality assurance systems, manufacturing, like this was for apparel manufacturing, you know, not one person makes the whole thing. And there is a system that you have to follow. Somebody sews the side, somebody else puts on the color, somebody else puts on the sleeve. So I was always given a system to implement. Now, why am I sharing this? Well, it made it easy. I had the I had the foundational piece. I was like, here are the ten steps you have to implement, right? And all I had to do really is take a look and how do I customize it for my environment based on my abilities and where did I need to get some additional help? And as a matter of fact, I have a, I had this whole seven step system for implementation that I've used in, uh, in, in my work as well as in my personal. Now, the reason I'm sharing this is that whatever it is that you want to do, there is already a system out there. You know, there is, if you want to do social media, there is a 30 day calendar. If you want to know how to declutter, there is a step by step, you know? So just finding something, getting the foundational piece, the systems, and then saying, oh, step one, what do I, can I do it the way they say? Yes and no. Do I have the resources? Do I have the money? Do I have the people? Do I have whatever it is that's required for that step? If I don't have it, I figure out what I need to get it and I figure out what do I need to learn to be able to do it if that's what it is. That it's as simple as that, Damon. That's what I do with everything. You know, break it down because one by one, it's easy to figure out how to get it done. But when you're looking at the big pie, it's kind of hard to hard not to get lost. And so that's it. You know, I, I look you, you say, I look like I got it together. Yeah, well, you should see sometimes from inside my head, it doesn't look like I have it together, especially when I'm taking this whole new thing that I'm going to be doing. And I'm like, okay, uh, I don't know how to do that. How am I going to do that? But because I know the same process over and over again, is kind of rinse and repeat. I go ahead and I actually uh, do that. Can I do this? Yes, do it. I can't. Do I know somebody who can do it? Do I need to learn how to do it? And then that that's kind of what it is. I guess that is organization, isn't it? You know? So that's that's kind of how I do it. Because uh I know I don't know everything. So that's one of the that's one oh, that's the freeing point. I used to think I had to know how to do everything. And I remember one time you shared that you were really upset because you couldn't fix your plumbing until your friend said, I didn't know you're a plumber. And I'm like, that's me. I thought I had to know how to do everything. And so, so that's what it is. You don't have to know how to do everything. You just have to know how to get it done, whether learning it or having somebody else do it. So that's, that's my organizational secret. Brilliant, brilliant. Yes, I remember. Just to refresh everybody on that story, I was, I I had a hot water heater issue, and I was able to fix half of it. It was like an emergency leak, and I was so disappointed I couldn't change the water heater until my friends said I didn't know you were a plumber, and it, it hit me. It's like I don't have to do everything, right? But sometimes deep down inside, if we come from an alcoholic home, let's say or we are, have codependency, we might feel a responsibility to be able to fix things that are not our responsibility, right? So being able to let go of what you want 
of what you don't want is really the key here. You know, we talk about in Recovered Life about my identification process. And if anybody needs that, DM me or contact me. We'll set up a quick call and I'll run you through that for free. How I identify what I want and what I don't want in my life. And then the actions and processes that I'm going to take. You know, and I love how you outlined your process. I want to go over a couple things here that I have. I kind of use a three-point system here. I sit down and I define what really needs to happen. Sometimes I, I've noticed in recovery, feelings aren't facts, as they say in 12-step groups. And I will feel a certain way. I might be very frustrated about something in my life, but when I sit and analyze it or I try to define what needs to happen, I will come up empty. And the reason is it was a fleeting feeling. It came and it went. So what I try to do is I try to just define the things that aren't fleeting. If I'm feeling it every day, if I'm feeling it right, or if I'm feeling it consistently, then I'll dive into those actions. I try not to spend a lot of time uh, trying to improve or fix things that don't need to be fixed. So the first thing I always say to do is define define what needs to happen here. And if you can't answer that question, maybe it's a feeling and not an issue, right? Maybe it's just a feeling. Maybe you don't have to do anything. And that's been one of the big breakthroughs I've had is sometimes the action I need to take is nothing. It's nothing, right? And that's always, uh, that, that's always a relief because I know that my recovery is working if I come up with that answer. The second thing is process. Anne said this so great. You want to be better at social media. You want to be better at paying your bills. You want to be better at organizing your house. There's a process almost for everything. One of the things that I've had to do is lean on other people's processes because I always feel like, well, my process is better. Or I need a custom process, right? And I found that not to be the case. Start with the basics and then you can improve it from there. And when I say process, I say get a notepad and write down step one, step two, step three. I always say if you want to put a rocket on the moon, you start, you reverse engineer it. You start with the rocket landing on the moon, and then you take steps backwards, right, until takeoff. That is what you have to do if you want to get a good process. And then the third thing is consistency. You have to ask yourself a couple questions. How am I going to be consistent at this? Do you need to outsource it? Do you need an accountability partner? Do you need now that you figured out what needs to happen and the process it needs to happen with, could you give that to somebody else to be able to manage that, someone that that's in their zone of genius, right? It might not be in your zone of genius. And then the, other th the fourth step, which isn't really a step, it's just the thing that I like to do is relax a little bit is to understand that you're not perfect, that there is going to be no perfect system, that things are going to come up in your life that are going to be unorganized, are going to be messy. That means that you have an actual life in recovery. If nothing is ever messy, if everything is perfect all the time, I think you have to question whether you're breathing, right? There are ups and downs, and it's okay to have ups and downs. And if you were consistent at something last month and you're not this month, if you woke up today and you're breathing and you can see and you can think, guess what? You can make a change. So those are my quick little tips on organization, how I do it, the process that I've used. It's been kind of hard fought to find this process in recovery, honestly. 
So I hope that helps someone. Um, and any final thoughts on the topic here? Anything that uh, that uh, you would like to uh, to add to this? Well, I love what you just shared. I love your process, and 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 uh, and I love that you said at the end of it, relax. You know, relax. And uh, one of the most freeing things that I accepted that you know aha moment it's progress not perfection <laughs> i was like really all i have to do is do a little bit better and sometimes you know sometimes not as well because here's the thing uh, as long as i'm doing it whatever it may be to the best of my ability at that time some days my ability is a little bit better than others and some days not so much you know yeah. but i know when i'm giving when i'm showing up as a 10 whatever it is and when i'm showing up as a five you know it, I, I know it just the results on the outside it may look like a 10 but i know if i'm showing up as a five I know it. I don't need anybody else to tell me. And what I have found is that's where I find my peace. That's where I find my center. If I'm okay with how I'm showing up, and sometimes it's showing up and saying, you know what, five, I'm okay with being a five today. You know, maybe I could have done a 10, but I'm okay with giving myself a break today. And sometimes that's what it takes. So I love what you just shared. I love your process. And uh, yeah, so, and thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. And so just give give yourself a break, right? <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Jelena, nice to have you up here. Good to see you, Jelena. Um, do you have problems with organization? <laughs> We'd love to share your thoughts. I am known for problems with organization. Um, I... So as an ADHDer, that's one of the biggest things that I struggle with. I, I struggle with exec executive functioning in general. Um, I don't know how to prioritize. I don't know. It's like I have a giant, you know, paper. I have like a giant report due for work. And I will do everything in my power to avoid doing that, such as cleaning toilets or organizing drawers, things that do not matter, like that do not pay my bills. It doesn't matter if I don't have motivation, that's an ADHD thing. If we don't have the motivation to do it, like it's not going to get done. Um, so organization is not something that it comes easily to me whatsoever. Um, as well as having a mother with ADHD, my mom has ADHD. So she never taught me any way to learn how to function like on a, there's no, there's no function when it comes to that timeline time blindness all of it excuse my throat i have allergies and i was at a concert on monday that i'm still recovering from voice wise um lady gaga hey so that but one there are things that i've like learned to incorporate into my life that help a little bit um for somebody with my brain so i'm assuming somebody that has a neurotypical brain it'd probably be a lot easier but one of the things i worked with an adhd coach and she told me to carry around what's called a garbage pal. It's garbage P-A-L. So it's like a notebook and you write down everything in it. Like, don't put it in your phone. You could eventually, but like the first thing you're going to do always is write, you know, like appointments that come in, assignments that come in, um, 
you know, TB, uh, uh, what, whatever, like all the things, all the things that you have to do. If you're walking around your house, you're like, oh shit, I got to paint this wall. Or I got to do this. I got to do that. Jotting it all down in this, in this notebook with the date and you start a new, you know, you add the date every single day. So like you have this ongoing brain dump if throughout the day and you carry this thing with you all the time. Like my first assignment was carrying it with me for like seven days straight, everywhere I went to the shower, <laughs> to the bathroom, like everything I had to carry it with me. Um, so that's something that helps if you have a neurotypical brain. Um, if you have a neurodiverse brain, you will lose that notebook often. So you'll have multiple and then you have to condense them uh, at the end of the week. So that's one of them um, that I, that really, really, really helps me. Um, and then like on Sundays, I gather them um, and I'm, I like kind of have like an ongoing, I'll put the dates in my calendar and I'll have my kids stuff set up. Um, so like really building that weekly Sunday, like sit down to like gather the next week is huge for me and my organization. Um, another thing that we have to do, we're organizational skills, I should say, sorry. Um, another thing with people with ADHD, we have, um, hyper, we, we hyper-focus on things. So it's really hard for us to focus on anything that isn't about that. Like there was this project I was working on in my house. Again, nothing that pays my bills, but it was something I needed to like execute to the exactly how my mind, my mind saw this. It's the only thing I can think about for weeks. So everything else was in chaos and I didn't even realize it. Like my bathrooms were disgusting. There was cat hair everywhere. But that wall that I was working on was the most perfect thing on the planet when I was finished with it. Um, <clears throat> so the hyper-focus really needs to get broken up. So I use, um, I use a timer for 20 minutes and I'll just work on whatever it is I'm working on. And then that timer goes off and it helps me break away from that hyper-focus, which a lot of people with ADHD love because they can knock it out. But when we have real things to take care of, like kids, which I will, with my brain, I will sometimes forget to make sure they eat because I get so into it. I will forget to eat. I will forget to use the bathroom. So having that like timer set with like the five minute break, it does break me away. And sometimes I go back to it and sometimes I start doing the other things like the vacuuming and all the stuff that needs to get done to keep my house organized. Because like you, Damon, like my house, I need things good. I need them in order. A little bit of mess is okay. But if I go to sleep with like dishes in the sink, I wake up with anxiety in the morning, like at 3 a.m. I wake up with anxiety. Like I, there's things that need to get done on a daily basis that will drive me insane. Um, one of the things I helped, which was really corny, but it's called Fly Lady and she's she's got like a blog, but she actually helps you build these buildable habits into your day to help keep your house organized and um, live like help you not live in chaos. Um, she's really silly, but her like breakdown of things, just daily base, like things that should be done on a daily basis really have helped me when it comes to all of it. So now I'm rambling. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and stop, but I hope something I said helped anybody. Oh, I thought it was great. I thought it was great, Jelena. Thank you. Um, I, I love what you, I love what you added, you know, this, uh, hyper focus thing. And it's something that I definitely should have brought up in the introduction is that, you know, there's, there was a very big push. I think when I came into recovery in the nineties is to be able to drop that hyper focused thing, right? Because one trend that we've seen with a lot of alcoholics is that even when they get into recovery, they'll still be obsessive. 
And I think that is why, honestly, we see a lot of very successful people in business and in entertainment and in different areas. We will find them very successful. I've kind of gone the other way, in my opinion, with that. When I first came in, it was all about dropping that. I found that my zone of genius resides in that. And because I have a more entrepreneurial life, instead of working eight hours, I actually sometimes will work 16 hours for two days straight, 15 hours for two days straight. And then I'll take a day off. And that works for me. And I ran from that for a long period of time because it, quote, wasn't traditional. It wasn't what everybody else was doing, right? And I found that, you know what, that's just the way that my brain works. Yes, I have to eat. I have to go to the bathroom. I've got a kid. I've got to make sure that she's taken care of. I've got, you know, responsibilities in my life. Obviously, I have to know when to be able to drop it. But I use a little bit of that obsessiveness to be able to get things done. But what I found is I can't hold that uh, energy level. For excess, I can't hold it now that I'm over 50. I can't hold that for three weeks, right? It's got to be in patterns. Jelena, have you ty- have you tapped into any of that? You know, I know they always say in recovery, run from that. Have you been able to use that in your life in order to really get goals done and completed? Oh, 110%. The hyper-focus for me, it's, it's where it's at. Like, And I same, it'll be 16 hours straight. Um, and then, you know, but like I said, like everything around me is super, everything else falls apart. Everything falls apart. I miss meetings. I miss deadlines. Um, but it does get that one thing that I really need done to get done. Um, and then once that's done, I'm able, I'm able to focus on other things for sure. But I almost kind of need that hyper-focus to even get big things, big things done. Um, otherwise it can take me years or months to even come close to accomplishing it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You know, I think I'm embracing some of the things that were hardwired into me now with addiction. Uh, and one of them is being able to be a little obsessive on things. Right. Uh, the other thing that I think, the people that have recovered from addictions too also have just to throw this out is that we've been able to walk through large amounts of pain and still be alive. And I've also found that to be helpful as well in, in my career because I was able to do things and hang in there sometimes when other people could not guys, this has been just a wonderful, uh, recovered life discussion. Uh, the unstuck room problems with the organization. I'm going to definitely listen to the replay on this one. I'd like to thank Jelena. I'd like to thank Anne. Access to experts. Any final thoughts, Anne, before we end the room? Well, this was a fabulous room, Jelena. Such good content. I mean, uh, so many great ideas, and uh, you know what I love is the the authenticity. You know, whenever we're willing to just be real with ourselves and with others, uh, that's just the, the best place to start building, changing, and growing. So, and that's what that's what's been in this room. And I so so appreciate that because it doesn't make a difference where we are. We always have something to contribute, and we want to just share that we're all in different stages and. Um, 
you know, I was actually looking in a chat that, uh, you know, um, my environment is a direct result of what's going on in my head. And you know what? It's okay. Whatever it is, it's okay. Because uh, if things are super organized, that means I'm stressing to get things super organized. And guess what? It's taking me out of my comfort zone of just being uh, sometimes it's okay to have the pillows just thrown everywhere and just just being relaxed and being okay with whatever is happening. As long as it's not causing me stress, then it's okay. If it's too much on one side, too clean causes stress, too dirty causes stress, and only I know where my where my happy place is, where my comfort zone is, where the center is, as you were talking about, Damon. So whatever it is, wherever you are, know that's the, that's the center at that particular time. And it can change tomorrow. So tomorrow you'll have a different center. And wherever, whenever it comes, just be, be willing to receive, be willing to look at it, and then you have a choice. Are you going to do something about it or not? Sometimes it's like, no, I don't want to do anything about this. It's not worth my time. It's not worth my attention. Just because somebody else thinks I should do something a certain way doesn't mean I should. I get to check in with myself. And that, to me, is uh, where I deal with my organizational challenges because it's not what other people think I should do. It's what I, what I want. So with that, turn it back over to you, Damon. What a great always love the way you come up with the topics and the way you share and thank you Jelena that was awesome I miss seeing you around Jelena glad you see you thank you so much Anne uh, I would invite everybody that if you got value out of this to click on the green monopoly house up top follow recovered life follow us uh, we have a lot of great content we've got now six podcasts coming out a day uh, on topics just like this. Uh, we've got all different types of shows here on Clubhouse, different rooms where we share about recovery, setting healthy boundaries, planning your sober week, if you have problems with organization and accountability. Uh, so please join us. I also pinned the link to recoveredlife.us and you can become a member for free, get access to exclusive content. I Like I did say, we are gonna be doing an ADHD focus week just about uh, recovery and ADHD. We've got a lot of experts coming on. So we hope you join us. That's gonna be at the end of the month, moving into Labor Day. Um, I'd also invite you to follow Anne, Access to Experts. She is an amazing business coach and entrepreneur, has tons of value and tons of great stuff. If you wanna jumpstart your career, guys, you need to contact Anne. And uh, we'll put a link here in, in this so that you could follow her. If you're listening to us on Clubhouse and Recovered Life Discussions, give her a follow here. Give her a DM. It's well worth it. Anne's brought a lot of value in my life. Thank you, everyone, uh, for tuning in to the Unstuck Room. My name is Damon Frank. Uh, if you do need some help in your recovery, you need some accountability, you want to take your recovery to the next level, I invite you to send me a DM, reach out to me on Recovered Life. I do a free breakdown and accountability thing where I work with people for free for one week. 
where we make one major shift in your recovery and in your life in one week. So I invite you to do that. I only do a couple of those a week. You have to DM me for that or reach out to me on Recovered Life and I'll set you up uh, and get you on my calendar and we can chat and you can start making that move. So if you want to make a big shift in your recovery, I invite you. Now is the time to be able to do Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us. that.